Thank you for tuning into the Walk in Truth Radio Network broadcast. Grab your Bible, get settled, and let's walk through the Word of God together. Let us now reason together and listen to see what God is saying to us today. Amen. Let's give the Lord a hand clap of praise. Amen. Come on, be today. Amen. God is better than you. You get to yourself. Amen. There's no God like our God. Amen. We just got through finish singing that He was awesome. Amen. I don't care what you're going through, but God is awesome. I know that it seems sometimes that He's not in your corner, but let me tell you something. He's right there in the middle of your storm. Amen. He is. He's right there in the middle of your storm. If you just take the time to hear him. You know, everybody's, everybody's in their feelings nowadays. I've noticed that. Everybody is in their feelings. You can't say nothing to nobody. You say hi to somebody, they in their feelings. You say goodbye, they in their feelings. You God bless them, they in their feelings. But you know what? The good thing about us, we not in our feelings, we in our faith. I'm going to say it again. We in our faith. Because you know what? It's a fact that our faith has saved us. So it doesn't make a difference how I feel, but I know the fact that Jesus died on the cross for me and you. And for those who believe, we have eternal life. And eternal life doesn't start once you die. Eternal life starts the moment you accept Jesus as your Lord and Savior. You just go cross over to one and to the other. It's just like you walk through that door. You walk from outside to inside. And you're going to be, as long as you're in the body of Christ, you are guaranteed to be sealed by the Holy Spirit. Amen. It makes no difference how you feel. And that's the beauty about when you come to Christ. Because everybody's trying to feel what is actually a fact. The Bible says it rains on the what? The just and the unjust alike. It don't make no difference how you feel. There's a thing called common grace. Even the evil people get common grace. Amen, amen. Common grace. That means they get to breathe your air, <laughs> drink your water, eat your food. But this is the kind of God we serve. He wants to give everybody. He said, I pray that no one should perish. And yet they're perishing because they're caught on their feelings. It was deceived you. It has mislead you. It takes you to places that you can't sometimes come back from because your feelings need feelings to feed it. Amen. But I, but I want to deal with the fact. I want to deal with the fact. The fact is, Jesus is our Lord and Savior. Amen? Amen. 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 All right, Steve. Amen. Thanks, God. Hello, this is Pastor Jay, and I want to give you your word of wisdom for today. This is so monumental. If you get this, you'll be well on your way. Your salvation has nothing to do with how you feel, the warm and fuzzies, but it has everything to do with the fact that you believe in the finished work of Christ on the cross by faith. So what are you saying, Pastor? I'm saying no matter how you feel at any given moment, whether you're sad, happy, glad, or mad, you're still saved because you believe wholeheartedly and trust in the finished work of Christ on the cross. Isn't that awesome? Because no one can take it away from you. It is yours. You were sealed by the promised Holy Spirit. And Jesus is your sacrificial lamb. And you have imputed righteousness. There is no more condemnation because you are in Christ Jesus. Not by feeling, 
but by faith. You think about it. This is Pastor Jay. Like, subscribe, and share, and I'll see you on the other side. Peace. The Word of God. And uh, look at a magnificent passage of Scripture. A magnificent passage of Scripture. Uh, we've been studying 1 Corinthians and Jeremiah. And the one thing I noticed is that there's a frustration that all saints go through. It's one of those frustrations that we, we, we begin to live by the word of God, and yet sometimes it seems as if it's not working. It's just not working the way we thought it would work when God called us into the marvelous light. It seems that the darkness gets darker because we are the light. And we pray, we, we study, we, we pray, we cry, we, 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 we give, and, 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 and just seems as if God's not winning. Amen. I've been there. I don't know about you, but I've been there. It just seems as if not enough people are getting saved. Paul was in this situation. Paul had founded the Corinthian church. And the Corinthian church is to me the 2024 church full of sin. Amen. Okay. Amen. Amen. See y'all, see I, I, I'm dealing with some uh, pharisaical pious saints. They don't want to admit that they sin. All I got to do is look at your phone. But see, this is the deal because it's a frustrating thing to, to do something for God and again, it seems as if it's not working out because when you read 1 Corinthians, it says this church had every gift. Had every gift. And sometimes what we end up doing is make an idol of our gift. And the minute you make an idol of what God has given you to glorify him, you begin to see your gift not having the effect that God wants it to have because you want people to look at your gift versus your righteousness. You say, well, Pastor, what are you saying? I'm saying no matter how gifted you are, if you are not preaching and teaching and talking love, joy, and peace, you ain't doing nothing. You see, your gifting is supposed to get people in position to where they can have this thing called the peace that surpasses all understanding. But sometimes what you do is start idolizing the gift. Mm, uh -huh. yeah, yeah. And the gift can't give you that. It's the God that gave that person the gift to give to you that you're supposed to see the God beyond them. You don't thank the spoon. You don't thank the glass. You thank the shelf. We are just glorified spoons in the setting of God. I know, I know that frustration. And Paul had that frustration. Like this gifted church in the middle of a hellish place, and, and, and they're still doing all kinds of stuff. And we're going through it. You got sexual sin, you got you got people who have personal things they want to do. It's all out of control. They're gonna mess up the, 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 the uh, communion. They're just messing up everything. They just can't get past themselves. And Paul left and got frustrated. And then Paul finds out there's false prophets coming in. They challenge him whether he's an apostle. All these things are going to the church that he found. And then this, 
Paul says, well, Lord, I've had so much success up to this point. Why now? Why now? Why am I hearing about the church that I love, that I founded, and it's going awry? And sometimes I have to wonder, and you have to wonder, why does it seem like all hell is broken loose in my life, but I follow God? So it has to be bigger than our gift. It has to be more than our gift. We just can't keep talking about gifting. We need to talk about love, joy, and peace. Even Jesus said, it's not the world's peace I leave with you, but it's my peace I leave with you. And the world will not understand it. The world doesn't understand the peace that we should demonstrate and we should have in our life in the midst of a wicked and cruel world. Sometimes the people closest to us and love us and sincere about their love of us blocks us from seeing God. Some of you mothers and fathers, your children have made you their idol. Yeah. Mama can solve everything because mama can cook good. Mama can clothe me. Mama can solve everything. But see, the problem with that is mama can't get you into heaven. I don't care how good you think your mama is. You can't ride in on her coattails. It is a shame that some of us have taken on the idol of our children. I did. I guess I'm the only one. I did. I thought that 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 if 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 I became what I'm supposed to be in God, that there's an automatic justification for my child and my adult children, and it's not. Because unless they come like I came, they can't get in. So imagine Paul finds, found this church and all this stuff is going on in the church and he understands that if they continue to practice this sin, that they are not the children of God that he had prayed for, he is suffering for, and he understands there are problems. But Paul forgot one thing. It's not his church. <laughs> we forget one thing that beautiful child sitting next to you or you call on the phone don't belong to you they belong to God God gave them to you to be a blessing not only to you but to the world as they are saints like you so Paul had to understand that, hey, I might have been the tool that founded the church, but this church, no matter how messed up it is, it's God's. And no matter how bad it is, they are still saints. Because what makes you a saint is not what you do, it's what you believe. If you believe in Jesus Christ and what he accomplished on the cross, you say. But you say, my salvation don't match what I do. It never will. Because your salvation is one thing. Your sanctification is a whole other thing. And see, what Paul was trying to deal with was their sanctification. And he had to understand he's not in control of that. I'm not in control at the rate God wants to grow you. All I'm supposed to do is continue to feed you. Remember he told Peter, he said, 
Peter said, Peter, do you love me? He said, oh, yeah, I love you, God. Feed my lambs. Peter, I love you. Feed my sheep. Peter, do you really love me? For real? Feed my sheep. See, the thing about it is, each one of us are feeders. We are feeders. But I noticed God left something out that's so important to us that, that we presume and assume because we're feeding, they eat. He never said they would eat. He told us to feed. So as long as you're planting a good seed in the soil, you got to let God break up that fallow ground. You got to let God break in that hard head. You got to let God do that to them. You just got to keep feeding. It's not up to you on what happens next. I know you want instantaneous gratification. You've done what you're supposed to do, but you got to keep on feeding. So if you think about it, it's, it's very imminent and very precious that we figure out what are we supposed to be feeding? And it's not our gifting. There's only one thing we're supposed to be feeding that will achieve the love, joy, and peace. Let's just see. Go to 2 Corinthians. Chapter 14. I mean, chapter 2, I'm sorry. Verse 14 through 17. 2 Corinthians. Verses 14 through 17. 2 Corinthians. This is right after 1 Corinthians. Chapter 2. Verse 14 through 17. When you get it, say amen. 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 All right, Steve, go ahead and read. Second Corinthians chapter 2, starting at 14. But thanks be to God, who in Christ always leads us in triumphal procession, and through us spreads the fragrance of the knowledge of him everywhere. For we are the aroma of Christ to God, among those who are being saved and among those who are perishing. To one, a fragrance from death to death. To the other, a fragrance from life to life. Who is sufficient for these things? For we are not, like so many, peddlers of God's word, but as men of sincerity, as commissioned by God, in the sight of God, we speak in Christ. Amen. So in the middle of this frustration in 1 Corinthians, Paul has come to the conclusion that even though it seems like I'm failing, God is perceiving me. And you've got to ask the question, what is God perceiving for? Because he is the triumphant king. See, in the Roman world, when they would conquer lands, they would have a thing called a triumph, which they would march in all the spoils of what they done. What would be first would be the leaders. What would be in the middle would be the, the conquering general. And they would put a garland and a crown of Jupiter over his head. And he would be riding in. And then behind him were the slaves that were going to be used for the, for the uh, ring. And Jesus is our conqueror. He goes before us. 
See, he's lived before you. He is, he has paid the price to be called your king and your Lord. He goes before you every day. See, when you think that he's not going before you, that's when he's going before you the most because it's a fact that he goes before you. And because he goes before you and you're the army of God, he says there's something called this sweet aroma. And, I, and, I, and as I pondered the sweet aroma, I'm like, he does the conquering. We do the following. But he said, we are the sweet aroma to God. Well, see, when you get saved, that process that's given through the gospel that saves you is the sweet aroma to God. The best thing you can do is give somebody the gospel. Because once you give somebody the gospel and they get saved, that sweet aroma of that sacrifice that he did on the cross comes through the gospel and goes up to his nostrils and says, oh, that's my children. My children understand what's more important. It's not their gifting, it's the gospel. Because the Bible says, I am not ashamed of the gospel. I'm not disappointed in the gospel. For it is the power of God unto salvation. To the Jew first and then to the Greek. To whomever believes, it has the power to save. Mm -hmm. So when you give someone the gospel, no matter what gift you have, you put them in position to be saved and you become the sweet aroma to God. These are things that are not based upon what you feel at any given moment. These things are based upon the fact that you are a child of God. And we've been ordered by Jesus to go out the highways and byways and compel people to come. He didn't say we were limited by any geographical location or mindset or any denomination. Our job is to tell people about Jesus so they can have the peace that surpasses all understanding. So God can have the sweet aroma of his children day in, day out, going out here, propagating his word so they can have the love, joy, and peace in their life. I've seen it happen because it happened to me. I'm a witness to the power of knowing that there was a savior that went to the cross for me. I understand that, that he didn't have to go, but he wanted to go because mankind could never get it right. In a thousand religious ceremonies, mankind can never get it right. But Jesus got it right because what he was the sacrificial lamb that we could not be. And by his stripes, we are healed. Healed from what? Healed from sin. There's no more condemnation for those of, those of us who are in Christ Jesus. Do you understand what that means? That means that you're not at war with God anymore. No matter what nobody say, no matter what you do, you're not at war with God anymore. You say, well, pastor, I'm not walking perfect, but you're not at war with God anymore. Do you understand what he's saying? He's saying, my son died for you, so you won't be at war with me anymore. Amen. But yeah, but you know, somebody so, uh, uh, get out of that. Don't let people get into your head and get you out of the facts and you get into your feelings. It says we are a sweet aroma. That's right. That's good news. You become a sweet aroma through the gospel seed being planted. He said unless a seed falls to the ground and dies, it can't produce much fruit. It's, his Bible says that you were buried with him to be raised with him in justification. Do you understand what that means? That means that you are righteous before God. Not in your own righteousness, but in his righteousness. Who is 
was sufficient to really understand the depths of these things because I get his righteousness, he gets my sin, he dies for me, and I get raised to life. Hallelujah. Who's sufficient for these things? So when you go out, when you go out, and you give someone the gospel, right? Not only are you the fragrance, but you need to become the bearer of good news or the bearer of bad news. Look at uh, verse 16. Read that. To one, a fragrance from death to death. To the other, a fragrance from life to life. So the same gospel has two results. One, if they receive it, is a fragrance from life to life. Amen. But if they don't receive it, it's the death sentence. Mm -hmm. That's what makes this so dangerous. But also that's what makes it so beautiful. Yeah. Because the same word that kills you is the same word that gives you life. Yeah. The same word that convicts you makes you up more than a conqueror. The same word that causes you to realize that you are a sinner and you're hell bound will cause you to realize there's a remedy and it's called Jesus Christ. Amen. It's right there before you. You are a sweet aroma, but to the one that you present this gospel to, the seed of the gospel, they're either going to receive it or neglect it. And if they neglect it, they are already condemned. That's what John said. Because they would don't believe. It didn't say that they don't do. It said they don't believe. See, it's easy to say, well, law, 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 law. No one can follow the law. Because the law requires perfection. And see, if you're foolish enough to think that you're perfect in the law, you are fooling yourself and you are deceived because somebody can do it better than you. Exactly. And that's why Jesus is your perfect substitute. Because he did it better than anybody. Yes, that's it. That's it right there. The Bible says he fulfilled all the law. Yes, he did. Even when 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 uh, when Paul went to the Jerusalem Council because the Judaizers were following Paul everywhere he go. Can you imagine you preaching grace and somebody called come behind you and say you need to get circumcised? <laughs> you preaching the grace of the gospel of God. You preaching you preaching what was given to you because Paul that wasn't given by any man and here they come. Well, you need a, a, a you need to do first fruits. Uh, uh, you, you need to get circumcised. You need to do first fruits, and you know what? You need to do all those those six hundred something and believe in Jesus. That's too much. So Paul went back to James, John, and Peter and them, and he asked them. He said. What you, I need you guys to help me with this. I already kind of know the answer, but I need you to rule on it. He said, look, um, this is an Acts. He said, um, the Judas was following me, but I, gotta, I want you guys ruling. You know, we are all equal, so I want you guys ruling. I want to make sure I'm not messing up. Sometimes you got, you got to ask certain people that you trust to make sure you ain't messing up. Because yeah, yeah. it seems as if everybody else is pulling in a different direction. Yeah, yeah. Even fellow leaders. Yeah, 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 yeah. You preaching one thing, they preaching something else. Uh -huh. So here we go. Well, Peter and James and them stood up and said, 
Paul, you know what? You're right. Even our forefathers couldn't keep the law. Why should we burden them for what our forefathers who were given the law couldn't even keep themselves? Yeah, yeah. So let me tell you something, Paul. We're going to tell you to do a couple of things. Just one or two things. One, stay upstanding from, from the meat that's offered to idols. What he's trying to tell them is don't think of the food. Just think of, don't participate in idolatry. Don't participate in idolatry. Stay away from sexual immorality and give to the poor. To give to the poor is loving someone as you love yourself. Amen. Staying away from idolatry is having no other God but him. Amen. So Paul is saying, I understood that. So, Paul, so, the, so they sent back a letter through Paul, right? Mm -hmm. So you think about this. You are a life giver because you can give gospel. You are a death dealer because if they don't accept the gospel that you give them, then they are condemned already. So the key is, are you really giving the gospel? Are you telling lies? And what I mean by lies is I'm not talking about the lies you tell each other. <laughs> I ain't talking about that. Stay within the context. I'm talking about the lies of the... You, 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 you do another gospel. Paul said, if you do any other gospel, then the gospel I gave you, let you be accursed. He said, even if an angel gives you a gospel that I didn't give you, let you be accursed. Mm -hmm. So what is the other gospel, the prosperity gospel? Mm -hmm. What is another gospel, the well-health gospel? What is another gospel? A gospel that tells you that the devil wants to steal your dreams. Y'all heard that before? Yes. The devil wants to take your dreams and take all your happiness yeah. away. The yeah. devil don't care nothing about your happiness and your dreams. Let me tell you what he really wants. He wants your soul. Yeah. Yeah. That's it. That's it. That's it. That's it. He'll let you be, let that be the thing you down. Oh, the devil stole my dreams. I didn't get what I wanted. And no, 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 no. And I've been walking with God. And the devil say, look at him, foolish. <laughs> I ain't steal their dreams. They was they wasn't supposed to be that no way. Because I heard y'all say, "Well, God has me. He has me. Devil can't take what God got for you." Come on, we can't. Come on. But you begin to try to pimp God with all these things that you want, and don't realize that you need to come to God and bow your knee and get saved. Amen. Because guess what? Not last time I checked, there gonna be some poor folk go to heaven. Last time I checked, there's going to be some rich folk to go to heaven. Amen. Last time I checked, there's going to be some poor folk and some rich folk going to hell. So why are you getting caught up in the devil trying to steal your dreams when you need to bow your knee to the, the, the only living God that can save your soul? Let him work out what you're going to do next. Get an education and you can make some more money. But quit trying to ask God to do something that you ain't even prepared to handle. If he gave you a gift and he gave you all that, you probably lose it tomorrow. So many times, so many people get that, win that lottery, and next thing you know, they're filing bankruptcy. How do you have tens of millions of dollars one day and be broke the next? The devil will give you stuff. He's not the prince of the power of the air for nothing. But who's, who's sufficient to understand that I got all this in me, in earth, in vessel? You got the Holy Ghost living inside of you. Has taken up residence in you. Ephesians chapter 1 says that you are adopted. That means if you understand adoption, when you adoption, you get that person who adopted you last name. You belong to Jesus. And it tells you 
that you are sealed by the power of the Holy Spirit for the day of redemption. To where the day of redemption means the day you're going to get your glorified body. And you get the forgiveness of sins. Yes, yes. And you get an inheritance. Yes, yes, yes. Your name has been written in the Lamb Book of Life. And I want as many people to go where I'm going. Yes. I want to be the sweet aroma. But then again, I understand that there are going to be some people that's going to say no. There are some people in your family that just going to say no. So ain't no sense of going to that funeral talking about they going to heaven. Just sit there and say, what a waste. They had a lot of stuff. They did a lot of things, but they never came to Christ. See, stuff will make you not even think you need Christ. I've been there. <laughs> stuff will, you can be thinking like, I've got to be blessed with how much stuff I got. But even a dope dealer got stuff. Even the Wall Street crook got stuff. But they don't have eternal life. They don't have adoption. They don't have redemption. They don't have forgiveness of sins. They don't have inheritance. They don't have the, the power of the Holy Spirit dwelling within this earthen vessel that we have. That we can give the gospel and give encouragement and outdo anyone who has stuff by teaching love, joy, and peace. Get out your gift and get into the fruit. Everybody concentrate. I got a gift. I got a gift. But where's your fruit? <laughs> Are people saying you bring love, joy, and peace to their life or just chaos? Sometimes you just got to prune somebody. We read that in John. You got to prune somebody. You got to. Sometimes you got to do that to people. You know why you got to do that to people? So they grow. So they grow. Sometimes you got to separate yourself from the one that you love the most because you've already given the gospel and they kind of teeter-totter. And the Bible says either you're for me or against you. You can't be in the middle. And sometimes you just got to say, you know what? I done said enough. I done did enough. I done prayed enough. I can't pray with them, but I'm going to pray for them. But I'm going to have to cut them loose. Yeah, it's going to hurt to cut them loose. But this is going to hurt you more than they in hell. Don't assume that you're not going to hell. Because the Bible tells you, make sure you examine yourself to make sure you're in the faith. But we're not sufficient for these things. This thing is not me. I'm not gifted of me. He has to put the gift in me. And he gives the gift without any problem. But the issue is my character to understand what my gift is for. My gift is not for me. My gift is for everybody else but me. If I got it, you can have it. Because God gave it to me. And some of you are sitting in your gift. It's like you got to protect your gift from the people you need to be talking to about getting saved. Because you don't want to get your feelings hurt. I get it. You don't want them to reject God openly in your face. But until you do that, you already know they're rejecting God not in your face. So what's the difference? No, these things are not sufficient for us. No, none of you are products of your own righteousness. Your sufficiency is not of yourself. Go to uh, 
2 Corinthians chapter 3. 2 Corinthians chapter 3, verse 5. Read that, Steve. Not that we are sufficient in ourselves to claim anything as coming from us. Not that we are sufficient in ourselves to claim anything that comes from us. Don't nothing come from you. It comes from the Holy Spirit that dwells within you. You claim in God's business. Well, you know, I don't, I, don't, I, don't, I, don't, I don't feel like the Holy Spirit is in me because why? Because I don't feel good, okay? What they got to do with the fact? You must start off with that. What they got to do with the fact? He said, I never believe. No, thank you, but I'm trying to feel it. No, you need to believe and trust. Trust, trust and believe. Make that this song say, trust and believe. Has nothing to do with what I feel. Well, I'm going through this and I'm going through that and things ain't going right for you. Trust and believe. I think Jesus had a bad day at the office. I think Paul had a couple of bad days at the office. He wore the stripes on his back. Can you imagine Paul and, you know, they, they, he gets ready to take a shower and some guys are standing by to go help Paul. He takes off his cloak and they look at his back and his back just riddled with 40 lashes here, 50 lashes here, attacked by dogs. He probably looked like a meat grinder, looked like some 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 spoiled meat on the back. But yet still, he still got up and did God's work. Because sometimes when you really into God, you can surpass your physicality or your lack thereof. You can go further without than you can with. Because God will supercharge you because you'll need it to give his word out. God will give you everything and equip you to give his word out. You don't have to be the, uh, the smartest person in the room, but you need to be the most humblest person that can yes. be. Yes. Some of you are trying to be sufficient in your own right. You know why? I know this because a lot of people want to gain this knowledge for their own self-aggrandizement. They want people to say, oh, you're so smart in the word of God. I want to be like you. And they love that. They love that attention that, oh, I've risen myself. I've studied to the point that I am important. But you're important, but you're impotent. You don't have any power. Because your motive for getting it is wrong. Well, Pastor Sutton, do, 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 do. I, I get it, I understand, but do you understand I don't do this for you to, to, to for y'all to like me, love me, and give me props? I do this because God has commissioned me, and I'm not sufficient for it, and I want to tell you now, if it wasn't for him, I couldn't do this. I didn't plan on doing this. This had to come to me, but I had to go to the penitentiary first. Three hundred and sixty-six days of dealing with God, and God said, "You ain't sufficient for this." But guess what? I'm gonna make you sufficient. I'm gonna put a zeal in you for my word that surpasses your understanding. I don't understand why I gotta get up and listen to all these sermons, Sister Venus. I don't understand why I gotta get up, Sister Ava, and read the Bible like I do. I don't want to read the Bible. I want to sit there and watch Law and Order. I want to have some fun. I want to go out here and go out there. I'm walking the dog and I'm listening to sermons. I, I don't know, but God put that in me. But he, I said, well, God, why do you put that in me? And everything seemed like it ain't going well. He said, I didn't give it to you for you. I gave it to you for them. Who is sufficient? Amen. The minute you think you have earned the right, you have lost the privilege. The minute that you think you're supposed to be under, or 
you supposed to be teaching? Are you supposed to be? You lose the privilege. You lose your power. Because your power is in humility. I don't deserve to talk to you. I'm a sinner like you. And probably I'm worse than you in a lot of areas. Mm -hmm. Pastors ain't perfect. Don't put that on them. Don't idolize me. Just respect me for the God that's in me. Because that's who gets the glory. I don't deserve no glory. I'm just a spoon. You may be the fork. We should put you first. We got this thing messed up in America where it's a, it's a pyramid. The past at the top and everybody at the bottom. But what I found out on the Bible says that Jesus Christ was the what? Was the, was the cornerstone and the prophets and the, and the, and the, and the pastors and the teachers were, were the foundation and the foundation builds the infrastructure. Well, the infrastructure is the people. So you should be standing on my shoulders, not me standing on yours. Yeah, that's true. That's true. That's true. Go ahead. It's supposed to be you up. Not be up, you down. Yeah. I'm going to give y'all a secret. Just don't tell nobody. <laughs> I don't have any power, whatever you perceive that I have, that you don't have and that you can't grow. Amen. Amen. You might not be able to get to two or three and touch and agree. It better be you, God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit. You come to church to get edified, meaning that we're supposed to strengthen you in your walk. We're supposed to challenge you to think a different way. We're supposed to decide, we're supposed to teach you and, and, and instruct you. Because these things were written before time for our learning. That through the patience and endurance of studying the scripture, we might have this thing called hope. And because we got hope, we can have love, joy, and peace. Because love, joy, and peace does not depend upon what I'm going through at any moment. What it does is the more I can have, the more I can go through anything. Are you worried about stuff, Pastor? Of course I am. But I ain't going to let it steal my love, joy, and peace. Does stuff go wrong? Of course it does. But I ain't going to let it disturb my love, joy, and peace. Amen. Because guess what? I'm not sufficient for these things. He's sufficient through me. Yes. Go to Colossians chapter 1. I'm almost done. Verses 28 and 29. Colossians. Go ahead. Starting 28. Him we proclaim, warning everyone and teaching everyone with all wisdom. We warn everyone, we proclaim, and we warn everyone, we teach everyone. See, that's, that's how the enrollment gets started. We warn you and we teach you. We warn you and we teach you. We warn you about the pending doom, and we teach you about the saving God. Everyone. You don't get to choose your particulars. You should be willing to share the gospel to anybody. When the Spirit leads you to do it, do it. God is going to see you in some places that's very uncomfortable because he wants to see if you're going to obey. Only can you can do this when you're in church. When you're in front of the congregation, you got your hands raised and you're going around. I'd rather see you doing that out there in the streets. Represent God in the streets like you represent him in here. I'm going to hold on. Maybe I need not say that. 
in the spiritual things. Be careful because some of them ain't representing God up in here. Just represent God. Amen. Breathe. Breathe. That we may present everyone mature in Christ. Go ahead. For this I toil, struggling with all his energy that he powerfully works within me. There you go. Where is it? Whose energy is it? He is. And he's working it through you. So we toil. That means we struggle. We strive. We, we go through stuff. But it but doesn't make a difference because our whole goal is to continue to give out the gospel and to show the energy that defeats what we're going through. It don't make no difference if I'm up or I'm down and I can be way down. But I know God is good. If you call me and you want to talk Bible, I'll perk on up. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Some of y'all, when y'all call talk to me about Bible, we might be on the phone for a while. I start rolling through the scriptures because I know that's what you need. You don't need my opinion. You need God's word. It's his energy that's rolling through you. That's what makes you a sweet aroma. You're like a candle on an incense of fragrance that's going up to God's nostrils. When you give out his word to his people and you edify them and you glorify him, and that's what we do every day. Amen. Gift don't mean nothing. Don't mean nothing. A gift ain't going to get you nothing. If it's not tempered by you, understand the energy to which gave you the gift for your use. <coughs> Go to 1 Corinthians 13. And we're done after this. What was sufficient for these things? Let's prove this out. 13 1, Steve, start there. If I speak in the tongues of men and of angels, but have not love, I am a noisy gong and a clanging chamber or symbol. Keep going. And if I have prophetic powers and understand all mysteries and all knowledge, and if I have all faith so as to remove mountains but not have love, I am nothing. If you don't have love, you ain't nothing. Go ahead. If I give away all I have, and if I deliver up my body to be burned but have not love, I gain nothing. So think about it like this. So if I have the ability of language, be it angels or men, know how to talk every known language and the heavenly language, and you don't have love, you don't have anything. Nothing means nothing. If you have the faith that can remove mountains, and you get up here and you, you do your thing, and you do your thing, and then and, and you talk real eloquent, and you don't have love, you are nothing. And you can be as charitable as charitable can be. But if it's not in the sacrificial love, you just a show off. You won't gain anything. I'm just a little man compared to God's big mission. It's not the me, it's the he in me. It's not the me, it's Christ in me, the hope of glory. It's the Christ in you that hope of glory. I don't have any more Christ in me that you got in yourself. The only thing that you may see is that I understand it. But you can understand it too if you just humble yourself 
before the mighty hand of God, and in due time, what he will do? Exalt you. Exalt you doesn't mean that you will be put before people. Exalting means that you have a better understanding, a better knowledge, a better willingness, a better submission, a better love, a better joy, a better peace. Yes. That's exaltation. Yes. One more scripture. It's kind of funny what Amos said. Steve, I didn't tell you this. Go to Amos. <laughs> 7, 13, and 14. Now, 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 I'm going to give you the background with this before we go. Amos is a prophet, and he's trying to prophesy about Israel. Amos 7. Yeah, Amos 7, 13, and 14. And he's, and he's of course, the prophets of those days always prophesied negative. But see, just like just like we said, God has preceded them and told them to do that. So God has a loss because it don't fit your brain mind. What are you saying, Pastor? I'm saying because, because if I'm telling you something that's from this word and it cuts you, it is successful. God has won. You may feel bad, but God has won. Because what I told you is a fact, and a fact deals with your feelings, and your feelings deceive you. You want to hear a good word? Just think about it like this. Listen to God and be convicted so he can grow you up. So imagine this man giving the word of God and one of the priests, one of the potentates, come and say, don't, don't, don't prophesy like this no more. You got to go. Go prophesy that negativity over there. And I love to hear y'all. Negativity, negativity. Negativity is, 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 is subjective. Yeah. Yeah. And for so you don't understand what subjective means is this. In my trash can is a whole bunch of trash. If I leave it there, the raccoons are happy. If I remove it and take it down to the corner, guess what? They mad because they ain't got nothing to eat. So what are you saying, Pastor? For them, Removing the trash can is a negative thing. For me, it keeps the critters away. The word of God, the gospel, is a negative thing for those who don't believe. But it's a positive thing for those who believe. Read it. But never again prophesy at Bethel. Never. Uh-uh, don't do that no more. For it is the king's sanctuary, and it is a temple of the kingdom. It's a temple of a temporal kingdom. Go ahead. Then Amos answered and said to Amaziah. Now check this out what he said. He's not what? Go ahead. I was no prophet. Uh -uh, I ain't no prophet. Nor a prophet's son. Nor a prophet's son. I'm not related to the no dynasty of prophets. Go ahead. But I was a herdsman. But I was just a normal herdsman. And a dresser of sycamore figs. And a dresser of sycamore figs. But the Lord took me from the following the from following the flock. Mm. And the Lord said to me. Go, prophesy to my people Israel. Now therefore, hear the word of the Lord. You say, do not prophesy against Israel, and do not preach against the house of Isaac. Therefore, thus says the Lord, your wife shall be a prostitute in the city, and your sons and your daughters shall fall by the sword. Stop. Negative for Israel, positive for God. He said, I ain't nobody. I'm just a herdsman. 
But when God chooses you, there is no refusal. Nobody in the Bible did God say, do you want to come and be my prophet? Matter of fact, when God shows up, when the messenger shows up, the first thing out of somebody's mouth is, I'm not qualified. Ask Gideon. Gideon, like, I'm from the least tribe and I'm the scariest one of the bunch. Why would you pick me? God picks the foolish things to confine the wise. Be a fool for God and follow him. And be foolish in the eyes of many. Because somebody out there looking at you and the way you change for God and say, I remember when. I remember what they used to do. Cousin used to. I remember when we used to. But see, the problem is, that was then. This is now. I'm a fool for God. I've humbled myself before the mighty hand of God. I've accepted Jesus Christ as my Lord and Savior. And I understand that he's bled for me on the cross that I might be healed. Healed from what? Healed from my sin that I don't even have to pay for it no more. It's as thrown as far as the east is from the west. You may remember it, but God don't remember it no more. God sees me different because he's adopted me. See, I'm one of his children now. I used to be a child of the devil. That's what the Bible says. But God, who is rich in mercy, he gave us eternal life through the sacrifice of his son. So what God want me to do, talk about how good he is, get the gospel out, so I can have that sweet aroma that goes up to him, that I can be a life to people or a death to people. But the only thing about it is I'm God, and that he's God alone, and he's going to move within you. He says, I'm God. Thank you, Lord. I'm God all by myself. There's no God beside me. There's no God with me. I'm with you. This ain't no church. This is just a building. It doesn't become church until you up in here. The minute once one slave walked through this door, it becomes his sanctuary. But the main sanctuary is in you. Believe upon him as the scripture has said. And out of your belly shall flow rivers of living water. Let's pray. Oh, gracious Heavenly Father, I just thank you. I thank you for your word. I thank you for your people. Continue to watch over us and keep us. Lord, remind us it's not about what we want, but it's about your will. Your will is always being done. And I thank you, God. I thank you today for what you've done for us and what you will continue to do. It's in Jesus' name I pray. Amen. 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 All right, Steve, start back up. We always want you to be encouraged, blessed, and at peace, and do what? Walk in truth. Amen. Thank you for listening to today's broadcast. We hope that you have been edified and strengthened in your walk and your knowledge of God. Please look in the description box for a contact information and opportunities to partner with us with a donation. We always want you to be encouraged, blessed, and at peace, and remember to walk in the truth of the Lord.